In recent days, we're deluged with stories of priests doing horrible things, violating the trust of their followers. But, as our listeners know, we found that that's not a new thing. This is the story of a priest that violated the trust of his followers in the most gruesome way. Y'all listening to Old Tiny Crappy. Crimes from the Golden Age of Yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. This is Old Timey Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. How's your week been, bud? It's been good. I think I made a mistake with the ducks. (laughs) (laughs) That's a phrase that is not heard very often. I think I made a mistake with the ducks. Right? Um, But I think I did. Uh, I, uh... I did a thing where I decided I was going to train them to come to me. And I, I call them, I call them my duck ducks. And, you know, and I, I was hoping to sort of do a little, like, you know, psychology thing, positive reinforcement, you know, and so I give them peas. You're doing kind of a Pavlovian experiment. Exactly. Yes. yes. I am Pavlov. They are my dogs. Except I'm Christy and they are my ducks. And so I started this, like, last fall, I think. I would give them peas. And by the way, duck facts, ducks love peas, uh, frozen, and then you thaw them, of course, or uh, fresh. Don't give them the canned ones because that's too high in sodium. But take peas to the ducks. If you're going to take something to the ducks at the lake, don't let it be bread. It's empty calories. It's not good for them. Just don't. So anyhow. Um, so yeah, I um, I trained them. I, I think I've got them trained pretty well, except the problem is now they always, as soon as they see me, you know, as soon as I come down from the deck, they come running to me expecting peas, and then I feel bad. So now, they're training me. I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> no, they flipped it on you. Yeah, they did. Clever so, girl. <laughs> clever girl. So now I give them more peas because I feel bad. So, yeah, I am not smarter than a duck, it turns out. This went badly for you. It really did. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be, like, going broke buying peas. Wow. (laughs) So what's up with you? Well, I'm actually enjoying my job a lot more recently. I got that night shift position, and I'm only working four days a week. It's 10-hour days, sometimes 12 if I have to do overtime. Mm. But honestly, it is like a different job. So I am enjoying it more. It's still a job, though. I, yeah. I definitely want what I do to be this. This is what I'm doing right now. Because mm-hmm. um, this I love. Yeah. I could do this. I could do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Maybe not that much. You know, everything. You know, everything gets old sooner or later. But no, really enjoying the job a lot more. And uh, there's a lot of downtime now between between calls, so it gives me time to research podcasting. Yeah. And every once in a while, I even go up to the old-timey, crimey page and go, ooh, more downloads. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much, listeners. Those downloads, they've been increasing. Thank you for the five-star reviews. We've gotten more and more. And if you haven't, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, hit us up on Spotify. It, it really helps us out. We feel that we've got something really good here, and we want to see it grow. And grow it has. Yeah. So, so I just want to throw that out here before we start the show properly. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it. And speaking of things that listeners have done for us, um, our contest, we had an entry that was not um, able to be an iTunes review, but was submitted. 
uh, by a listener uh, who uh, I can't name, but I would like to read this. We'll call her Kay. We'll call Kay, her... you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. And why aren't you practicing the drums? <laughs> so, um, I just have to get to it here. There we go. So this was our Dr. Crippen uh poem, limerick, whatever, contest. And this is, this is fabulous. You're going to love this. Dr. Crippen, Dr. Cripple, a nipple of a man, with charm and sass smelling of sun's ass. Wife wearing briefs as they sailed across reefs. In second class they hid, but who would they kid? Race them to Canada, did Walter do, his confidence strong as sinew. Caught by Baja Blast, ashore they'd barely last, because the idiots went to fucking Canada. <laughs> That's the first I've heard that. And it's already stuck in my head. Yes. Much better than Naughty Boy Ships Ahoy. Yeah, seriously, that's all it was? This is... Yeah. This deserves to be some sort of, I demand Celine Dion sing this. Celine, yes. I know you're listening. Out there in Vegas or wherever the fuck. Wouldn't it be weird if Celine actually went... <laughs> like, just, oh my god, they know. <laughs> How did they know? I... I did have one creepy thing happen to me, serial killer-wise. Ooh. I, I have a YouTube channel called Strange Pathways, which is about the unusual and the paranormal, and, and part of it is killers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start putting more stuff about old-timey crimey up there, kind of linking it to that YouTube channel. And I put up a, a video about an uncaught serial killer. Mm -hmm. And this was in the early days of the... Uh, of the channel, so it didn't get a lot of views at first. And I was like watching the views, and it was like 35, 36 views. And it kind of hit me. More than likely, at that low of a view count, one of those 36 people, it was a pretty high oh. chance that one of those 36 people were the killer looking themselves up. Yeah. You know, and it kind of gave me a really. Really creepy feeling. That is a creepy feeling. I wonder how many of them do that. Probably a lot. You know, they, I, they want to follow all the coverage and, you know, find out what people are saying about them. Yeah, sociopaths are very self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. I imagine, like, and there are, don't kid yourself, there are uncaught serial killers today. I'm sure if they have a name, like, uh, the one that seems to be uh, active now is one so good that people aren't actually sure they exist. They're called the smiley face killers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that they've that they Google themselves on a near daily basis. Yeah. So yeah, seeing that that one about the uncaught, I think it was the Long Island Killer. Okay. And seeing that 36 and knowing one of those that 36, it was higher than average that one of those 36 views was that killer. It like I actually thought about taking the video down because of that. It was a <laughs> gives creepy. you chills. It does. It does. And speaking of chills... Yeah, get ready for a couple. Good lord. Uh, yeah. A little bit of a spoiler, we're only talking one death this week, but... Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Was literally! It? Yes, <laughs> quite literally, yes. Uh, this is um, the tale of one Hans Schmidt. Uh, we're going to be hopping in our time travel machine and going back to uh, 1881... Big thanks to our Patreon supporters for the time machine. <laughs> Oddly enough, they're all from the future. <laughs> we don't ha we don't even have a Patreon yet, so 
that's how, that's the only way we're getting them is, is those future listeners for when we do have one. Exactly. <laughs> our, our, and huge thank you going out to our main Patreon supporter, John Teeter. <laughs> Uh, about three of you will get that joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not one of them. Um, so yeah, he was born in the Bavarian town of Aschaffenburg. Well done! Thank you! I got one! Yeah, (laughs) Aschaffenburg! On my other podcast, we're doing mythology, so I've been doing a lot of Greek names, and mm-hmm. it's been rough going. So I, I think I'm actually starting starting to acclimate myself to pronouncing more foreign names. Yes, so. right on. And lo, testicles the smelly <laughs> went forth with his mighty pink sword. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> um, his uh, father was Protestant, and... Here's the trigger, not actual trigger, not a trigger warning, but trigger for him. His mother was Catholic. It was doomed to fail. And yeah, I can't even imagine how the two of them got together. The only pairing that I can think that would be more volatile is my dad was Amish. My mother was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, what a volatile mix. Yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't help that there was a lot of mental illness going way back on both sides of the family, bat too. Batshit crazy. Yeah. On both sides of the family. Well, we yeah. probably shouldn't say batshit crazy about mental illness. <laughs> Although we both suffer. Yeah, we both, I mean... I know I'm batshit crazy. Exactly, same here. I think it's okay for us to say batshit crazy, because you and I know we're batshit crazy. Yeah, we know from batshit crazy. Yes. (laughs) Well, we're we're kind of bat crazy. These people were batshit crazy. Yeah, there's, um... And especially Hans as as a young boy. And, of course, it seemed to only increase as he got older, but... He would dress up, he was obsessed with the clergy and with Catholicism. And so much so that he would, that was his, his costume, that was his, his almost daily wear, was he would wear a cassock and a collar. Like, you know, like, like priests wear. Yeah, yeah. So, and he even had a little tiny play altar that he himself constructed. Play school never thought of that no, one. <laughs> no, The closest I think we ever got as a kid, as me as a kid, was the Ark of the Covenant that came with my Indiana Jones Well of Souls thing. And I'd look at the side and go, oh, look, there's R2-D2 and C-3PO on the side of the little chamber. I think the closest I got was actually when I had that little um, flirtation with, with, you know, Wicca that so many teenagers in the 90s had. Oh, I'm guilty of it. (laughs) I'm guilty of it. We all bought the same book, too. Wicca for Dummies? <laughs> I don't think it was that. No, I, I actually remember. got that oh my book. Gosh. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I actually made a little altar in my room. It was stupid. I had to like, I, it, was just, it was dumb, but the, it was Teenage Christie. Scott Cunningham was the name of the author of the book you're talking about. No, it was a woman's name, and it was very okay. uh, New Agey type of name. Silver Ravenwolf. Yes, that's the one! <laughs> that's the one! Thank you! Yes, we all had that book. Yes, yes, so, we did. But, uh, to ride a silver broomstick, I think it was called, or something like that. Oh my gosh, the 90s, I miss you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, his mom actually made the outfit for him. She was She was hardcore about the Catholicism. She was into it, and she loved it. She, she loved that he was into it, too. Um, and he became known around town as the little priest. Oh, God. <laughs> literally, again. <laughs> Every time I say, oh, God, or sweet Jesus, it's going to be literally. I, I'm sorry. The little priest sounds like slang for your penis. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Come. Come get the blessing from the little priest. See, I think I have a purer mind, and I think that he should be one of the little rascals. <laughs> 
but not him. Not this guy. Alfalfa, Spanky, Buckwheat, and Hans. (laughs) (laughs) It fits. It totally fits. It doesn't fit at all. Especially for the 1940s. It does not fit at all. So he would... um, yeah, he would carry out little sacraments at his, you know, he would he would do like little mock services at his altar. Um, but he also had another fascination that would later dovetail <laughs> with his first fascination. There, there was actually two other fascinations. Um, from an early age, he combined religion with bisexual promiscuity. Oh, yes, yes, there was that. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was good at it. <laughs> A lot of people practice? No. No practice necessary. Natural talent for bisexual promiscuity. And an extreme fascination with blood and dismemberment. Yes, yes. He liked to hang out at the slaughterhouse and would watch um, the the butchering of animals with just absolute fascination. Mm -hmm. Just was enthralled by it. And at one time, a family story, you know, the kind of story you tell around around the table at Christmas dinner. Very, very sweet, very pure. No, it's not. Um, he, uh, once beheaded two of his parents' geese and then carried the severed heads around in his pockets. You know, boy things. Not a warning sign at all. Not at all. Definitely not. And then little Hans, he wet the bed and then set it on fire. (laughs) Just then completing the McDonald's triad. (laughs) A little Hans. A little Hans. (laughs) He is the light of our life. Uh, I apologize for my horrible German accent. Uh, so yeah, he eventually, as, as anybody could have predicted, went on to the seminary. So yeah, but even he, he, went, he went into the seminary, but even then couldn't seem to stay out of trouble. 1905. Forged diplomas for failing students. As one does. I mean, everybody's got to have a little side hustle, Scott. And this guy had decided to have a billion of them and all of them were bad. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, he was forging diplomas. I didn't see anywhere that he got paid for it. (laughs) Well, I mean, it might be assumed. We assume... But, I mean... He might have just been doing it for the hell of it. I mean, we can't really understand much of this guy's brain workings. Right, To use right. a psychological term. Right. This was him by himself. Later on, he'll go on to counterfeit with a partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, But as far as, as far as this goes, he might have just been doing it for the shits and giggles of doing it. Yeah, yeah, he, he might have been. Yeah, and he did get caught. Um, he was arrested by the Bavarian police... And they were, they were like, yeah, we're sending you to prison. This is, this is what's happening. But his dad pulled the old, oh, I'm going to hire a lawyer and got the charges to be dropped for reasons of mental defect. Appropriate. Foreshadowing. Appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah. And Schmidt himself, it's never really proven that Schmidt was an actual priest. He just kind of claimed Claimed he was uh, ordained by Bishop Kirsten of Mainz on December twenty third of nineteen oh four. Um, Bishop Bishop Kirsten, unavailable for comment. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird if you really stop and think about. It. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and he actually um, his claim. All right, his claim was that Bishop Kirsten, um, Kirstein. Saying it, Kirsten, makes me feel too close to my name. It's weird. Um, Fair enough. We'll, we'll go with Kirstein. Kirstein, yes. Kirstein. There we go. Kirstein, Kirstein. yeah. Bishop Kirstein. Um, this was his claim, that, uh, and I'm going to give the, the whole quote. 
The bishop ordained me alone. I do not like to speak of it. The real ordination took place the night before. St. Elizabeth, she ordained me herself. I was praying at my bedside when she appeared to me and said, I ordain you to the priesthood. There was light during her appearance. I told no one. I thought it best to keep it to myself. They would make fun of me. They always made fun of me for these things. They always expect others to do as they do. God speaks to different people in different ways. By God, if that isn't a quote that shows the sign of a sick mind. Now, here's the thing. I, I am I am spiritual. I do believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if somebody of sounder mind would say, you know what, I had this vision. They told me to be a priest. I'm going to go become a priest. I would go, you know what? You follow that. You follow that road. See where it leads. But the the sentences that got me, and I actually got this down. I told no one. <laughs> I thought it best to keep it to myself. They would make fun of me. They always make fun of me for these things. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's straight up. The only way you can make that creepier is if Peter Laurie would read that. Yeah. I told no one. <laughs> and then, of course, this is, you know, Goosehead Hans. Yeah. You know, so. think, like, at what point do you think he got rid of the gooseheads, if he ever did? If he ever did, that's an excellent question, and we don't have any proof that he did. So he probably—I don't think this just was a carrying around from for a day thing. Those things probably stunk up the joint. Ugh. I imagine they were probably mummified. Ugh. I like you, <laughs> dried gooseheads. Mummified gooseheads. My—that's my, that's my punk rock band. <laughs> dried gooseheads. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was, he, he, he made some claims and, and nobody's ever sure if they were true. So whether he was an actual priest or not, we'll, we'll never know. But he, he claimed to be one. And um, then he, he got uh, assigned to a couple different villages. He seemed to get kind of tossed from parish to parish because of his uh, creative methods of giving sermons and such. They didn't really like how he did it because I guess he put his own spin on it. He made it his own, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> but they, we don't have any specifics about that, unfortunately. I don't I don't have any. Did you I find would, any? I, I would love to have found oh that. God, I searched so hard. Oh. Well, you know, there were Ten Commandments, but I'm thinking we only really need to follow three or four of them, <laughs> yeah. really. Uh, and then let's add one. Let's add. Thou shalt carry goose heads. Thou shalt carry goose heads. <laughs> and I'm going to add another one. Thou shalt not use archaic pronouns. Now, I know that kind of kind of defeats its own purpose, <laughs> but hear me out. I'm going to let Mr. Squeakers and Quackers take the, <laughs> take the microphone now. <laughs> Mr. Just, Squeakers and Quackers. And uh, I just picture him like holding holding up the goose heads and squeezing like the neck that remains, trying to push air through their little vocal cords. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and just like some some bishop sitting in the audience going, I need to get him the fuck out yeah. of here. Transfer, transfer. <laughs> Where are the transfer papers? Give them to me now. Well, I mean, there was the creative sermons. But Schmidt started to act extremely Catholic with some of the altar boys. If you get my drift, and I think you do. I'm not trying to make fun of it. He was a known molester. And Mm -hmm. just like the modern age, what did the Catholic Church do with the priests that molested? Send them off somewhere else. Send them somewhere else. Game on again. Mm -hmm. And he also, he he was having affairs. Um, He was, uh, you know, visiting whatever red light 
district type deal they had in the towns of Burgle or Seelingstadt. Um, you know, he, he was he was hitting up the working women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not really kind of frowned upon a little bit in the priesthood. So yeah, they, they sent him off. Um, I say, honestly, and this is me being completely honest. I the the thing I have the least amount of problem with is him seeing a prostitute. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They yeah. didn't like it, but but I'm I'm that's fine, you know. Yeah. Like like that that's like a you do you kind of thing. Um, as long as everything is consensual, you know. It, yeah, the, right. definitely the, the the altar boys is 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 nope. <laughs> and this is this is personal opinion here. I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out why prostitution is illegal. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a ridiculous law. Um, and I think in about 30 years, people are, you're going to start seeing the legalized prostitution thing. Yeah. And it causes, it causes so many more problems too, you know, like human trafficking and all that. Oh yeah. And I think maybe I'm just, you know, this is just me speaking for my own personal benefit. I desperately want to own a brothel. (laughs) You always have. You have for a long time. I have. I've known you. I have. Yeah. (laughs) I desperately want to own a brothel. And right now, Christy's never been to my house, but I, where is this going? I'm kind of. I have the perfect house for a brothel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, 19, lots of bedrooms. 19 rooms, mm-hmm. massive. I even had, like, the plan of, like, well, you know, instead of, like, coming in and going, like, well, you can spend 30 minutes with a lady or an hour, you know, different prices. And, yes, I would ca- take on the southern accent, and I would use the name Castleman Davis, southern gentleman. <laughs> um, but I always had the thing of, like, well, you can purchase this hourglass here or this half hourglass, and then you flip it over. I thought that was classy. I like it. I like it. It's brilliant. Yes. So um, eventually, he he kind of was like, I, I I think they're they're done with me over here. He gets fired. Yeah. He gets yeah. fired essentially, and 1909 emigrates to the United States of America mm-hmm. because we'll take anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and did he, he bring the gooseheads with him? <laughs> did and did they have tiny little passports? <laughs> Boy, customs probably not gonna like that. <laughs> I just like going through customs. They just open up the bag, and there's two gooseheads staring at me. <laughs> and then they just take a deep breath and close it and stamp the passport. Welcome to America. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he, he first ended up, this this always struck me as a little bit odd when I was reading it, in um, Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm just imagining, I'm just trying to imagine the German accent with the Kentucky accent, you know, like like him, uh, yeah. somebody with a German accent speaking to somebody with a Kentucky accent. And it feels very grating to me. It feels like it would like hurt me. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I am in Kentucky. Welcome to Kentucky there, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Some things just Some, go nowhere. They just peter out. Peter out. <laughs> I just did that for your own amusement, really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, St. John's Roman Catholic Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. What a weird place to end up. I can't yeah. imagine like the German pop, and maybe I'm wrong. I can't imagine in nineteen in the nineteen hundreds the German population of Kentucky being super high. Yeah, it was nineteen oh nine, and yeah, you know, to go from from Seelingstadt to uh, Louisville, yeah, you know, like it's yeah. a little seems it's just it feels jarring to me. But it didn't last. That didn't last. No, once again, transferring him off, um, you know, those creative sermons and all of his um, unsavory side activities. So by uh, nineteen twelve, so about. Uh, he was uh, in New York City where he met one Anna Armuller. Um, she was a housekeeper. Uh, she had also been a governess and a nanny, but now she was working at uh, St. Boniface's Rectory. I, I wonder if she also cooked. Uh, probably. Because quite honestly, 
and this is this is going to be the horrible side of me. I'm like she was attractive. Mm-hmm. She was a good-looking woman. She can clean. She can cook. She took care of the kids. It's like my God, this woman is perfect, and she ends up with with this creepy eye, like big-eyed, freaky-looking Catholic priest with the beard, and just yeah, yeah how how? Yeah, it was a strange a strange pairing. She even uh, once described him to her friends as holy crazy, which. I like to take that, it, it, it's, in the description, it's holy hyphen crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so holy being used as, as a modifier for crazy. Um, I like to just make it actually like, sort of like an epithet, like, holy crazy! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she was, 1912, she had emigrated from the Austro-Hungarian Empire in 1910. Yeah, she's only been in, in the U.S. for a couple years. Right, and I can't, I can't imagine that this woman... And maybe it's maybe it's a thing. Accents make anybody twenty times more attractive than they actually are. But she, they would have a very similar accent. They would have very similar accents. But what I'm saying is, she went with this guy. Yeah. True. Whenever yeah. she really could have had her veritable pick of men who had no idea of how to satisfy her. Well, at first she did try to. You know, she she basically was like, nah, no thanks. You know, for a little while she was she was. I don't want to say playing hard to get because I don't think she was playing. I think she really, for for a while, didn't want to be with him. But he he said, God told me, he ordered me to love you. And so eventually she was like, okay, the term, if God said so. The term I saw in, in almost every article I read about this was that she fled from Schmidt. Yes, yes. Like actively, <laughs> not just like shooting him down like, going, I don't think it's going to work between us or something. No. She was like actually fleeing from him. I'm, I'm picturing um, him chasing her around the pews while Yakety Sax plays. And she is, she's just running and running around the pews and then there's some Scooby-Doo action where she's like hiding under one and then like he pops out from another one. But they, yeah, yeah. Their so. heads pop up, they look around, duck back down, all of a sudden they come from an unexpected place, yeah. like from behind the altar that he brought over from Germany, the little child-sized altar. <laughs> yeah. And he comes the play out. school altar. Yeah, and he... <laughs> by Mattel. <laughs> Blood of Christ not included. So many sponsors we're never going to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, think, we never would have had them. I don't think Mattel would, would have been like, you know what I think will sell children's toys really, really well? A murder podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where all of our uh, all of our potential cl- customers come from. I yeah. love it when I'm listening to, to crime podcasts and there's um, ads for security companies. I'm like, yeah, you figured out your yeah. target audience. You yeah. figured that out. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you've absolutely. got the right demographic. If you'd like to advertise with us, please get in contact. Simply safe. Give us a call. Yeah. Now, they started having sex. Secret sex, which is the steamiest of sex. (laughs) Well, the second... Are you ready, Scott? Okay. It was verboten. Verboten. (laughs) Uh, I take it back. Secret sex is the second steamiest of all sexes. Verboten. Verboten sex. sex. Well, here's the thing. Like Schmidt was, Schmidt was uh, he was having secret sex with Anna, but in December of nineteen twelve, he begins having the steamiest type of sex, secret gay sex, with a New York City dentist named Ernest Mur. I can't decide how to pronounce Muret. I'm gonna Muret? go with Muret. Muret, yeah, Muret. let's go with that. Because we're from Pennsylvania, yes. I, we could say Muret. 
Yeah. But let's be honest, we're from Pennsylvania, so we sound it all out. Yes, we do. We pronounce all yeah. of those letters. So not only do do Schmidt and Mirette start having secret gay sex. They're also operating a counterfeiting ring. And I think Ernest went, wow, you're really good at this. I think we can make some money. I never thought of that. Ernie, yeah. you're beautiful. Kiss me. Oh, God. Is that a goose head in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? going on they were they were doing a little little counterfeiting little little secret sex you know and later on schmidt would say i liked murat more than i liked anna yeah yeah he would he he, he flat out said like i liked him more than her and that's fine you know if, if your tastes go one way or the other just you know don't do horrible crimes yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm sure somebody's thinking to themselves oh poor anna i wonder how she felt hearing that don't worry. Yes, yeah, spoiler Actually, alert. Actually, worry. Worry, yeah, worry. You, worry. Should, you should be worried for, worry. for Anna. This isn't old-timey gay sex. <laughs> yeah. This is old-timey crimey, so you know, like, it's going to get crimey in here. Yeah. More and crimey. More crimey. More crimey. Yeah, the, they had a um, printing press that was, uh, they were making $10 bills, which are about around $240 in, in you know, modern money, so mm. that's not, you know. If you printed out several of those, you got some money. Yeah, so. it's printing out counterfeit two hundred and forty dollar bills though, not as yeah. profitable <laughs> not, today. You get some weird looks when you try to buy a stick of gum, at the, you know, a pack of gum at the gas station with those. Why is Nicolas Cage on this? <laughs> oh, we need art. We need to make that. We need to make the Nicolas Cage two hundred and forty dollar bill. <laughs> he would. He would love that. He would. If you ever right get the chance. Alley. Little tangent. We're not going to go too far. A tangent on this. If you, listeners, if you get the chance, go watch the Nicolas Cage Japanese commercials for Pachinko. They are, you want, they are insane enough for both sides of Schmidt's family. <laughs> it's like one where he's dressed up as a cowboy and he's driving a pickup truck and he's, he's like singing loudly in a Southern accent, Beethoven's Fifth. And these aliens with pinball heads come out. And he gets out of the car, yells at them. They begin to dance, and he headbutts one. Oh, my God. That's the entire commercial. <laughs> but, yeah, that's goosehead crazy. Yeah, it? that is. That is. Um, and then, you know, Schmidt himself, he transfers to St. Joseph's of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Anna, she's at St. Boniface, but she continues to provide that ass. Yes. Yes, she does. Yeah. Until the point where, well, continuing on after, but they were, quote, unquote, married. In a secret ceremony performed by... Schmidt himself. <laughs> of course. If you're a priest who's marrying yourself, you have to marry yourself. I like to think that he he would like get up and go, do you take this man? And then rip off the thing <laughs> and go, I do. And then wait, no, I'm the husband. And then gets back up. Do you take this woman looking at the empty space where he once stood... Off with it. All the time, Anna's just shaking her head going, I'm going to say yes because I'm afraid of him. <laughs> Holy crazy. <laughs> yeah. Holy crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he performed it himself. He, um, he, he got a marriage certificate. 
I'm gonna guess counterfeit. Just just a hunch. I don't know where where that that gut feeling comes from, but I'm just feeling it. Like know? I'm literally more of a priest than this guy is. <laughs> yeah, you are. You have performed a marriage ceremony, I, I have. and you are actually ordained, and we know it for sure. Took me. Yeah, come on, Schmidt. It took me like ten <laughs> seconds to become ordained, and you had to fake it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This guy just wasn't trying. That was the best wedding ceremony. I mean, aside from my own. Because that personal bias, but exactly. that was the best wedding ceremony ever. It's it, on YouTube. I put it up there. Oh my god! It was. We'll have to link that in the old timey crimey. Thing. Yeah, we will have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll leave it as a prize. Don't tell them the the theme. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Scott really gave us a performance to for the ages. So. Yeah, you, I you might not recognize my voice, in it because I'm doing this, you know, the <laughs> yeah. entire time. Um, but yeah, what a what a wedding and. Yeah. The practice for the wedding was tough. The, the practice for the wedding, you went past the line in order to try and get all of our giggles out of us. Right, right. And whenever I dialed it back for the actual ceremony, because I knew, okay, let's not push it like we did before. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, I was kind of sitting there going like, let everybody think I'm kind of scared. I'm not. I have no fear of public speaking whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I said, just let everybody think I'm scared a little bit and dial it down a little bit. And everybody got through it beautifully. I, you can see in the video that I was giggling. I, I, was, I was muffling my giggles. And, and it's, it's, it's very clear to me, at least. Yeah. I, and I, there's moments when I'm like looking up at that bird's nest. <laughs> and you, you can tell that I'm like just I'm barely containing it. Yeah, People were focused on a bird nest in a gazebo. <laughs> Trying to ignore. It was probably the most ignored wedding ceremony yeah. in history. Because we were all trying to distract ourselves so we wouldn't laugh. Yeah. But back to this yeah, secret to, oh, gay wait. marriage ceremony well, sex. It wasn't a... He's gay. It counts. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. And um, and then he, yeah, he told Anna that he was going to leave the priesthood for her. He, he said he was going to. And uh, she had told, you know, a couple of her friends, she told one of her friends about, mm -hmm. you know, this, that she had a guy, but she kind of obscured it. Uh, I think she said that he was a, a writer or something like that, or a painter, an artist of some kind. And so, yeah, she's keeping it secret. She's, you know, like stealth mode. And um, then they had uh, a special sexual moment. Mm. Sexy time on the altar of St. Joe's. Yep. Which is... Yep. So that is the name of the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> well, that <laughs> happened. Um, so they're 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 doing it on the altar, and Schmidt gets another command from God. You know, his first command from God was to love Anna. Mm -hmm. His next one didn't bode so well for her. It was to sacrifice. Yeah, her. and and Anna, it's a thing where like, if God ever tells you to sacrifice somebody, there's going to be two things you need to remember. Number one, that ain't God. Yeah. That's either the devil or more likely, I'm going to say 0.0001% it's the devil. More likely, it's your own goddamn broken brain. Yes. That's telling you to do that. Number two, don't tell the person that God has told you to sacrifice. Don't look at them and go, God told me that I need to sacrifice you. Because that's exactly what Hans did. That's a bit of a red flag. Don't yeah. Don't you think? Just yeah. a, it's just a teeny tiny red flag. Well, Anna, where you should run like the wind. Yeah. Anna looks at him and goes, you crazy. I'm pregnant. Yeah. That was basically what happened. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was rough stuff coming up ahead, uh, because Schmidt was not one to ignore 
the commands he got from quote unquote God. Uh, he he listened to them. So on September second, nineteen thirteen, um, he had rented her uh, an apartment in uptown Manhattan. And they were kind of like posing as a married couple, although in some sources it said that he said he was her cousin. It really depends on who you ask. It was probably both. Like, there are times that, like, they're married, there are times that it's the cousin. This is not a guy who plans things through. No, not really. No. no. So, well, he, he seemed to have planned this a little bit, at least, although not well. No. Um, but that's good. We like the killers who don't plan things well. <laughs> exactly. We catch them at one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um... He got into the apartment. Uh, she was asleep. He had a 12-inch butcher's knife. He slashed her throat. If only it ended there. If only, if only. And by the way, because of this, his nickname is The Severin Reverend. Mm -hmm. A big shout out to my husband, who came up with that one. So the old Severin Reverend, he slashes her throat... And then proceeds to drink her blood in some twisted... Ritualistic probably, type thing. I'm thinking, he, I'm seeing it as a perversion of the Holy Sacrament. Yes. The communion. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a priest. Oh. This is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then, because that's not horrible enough. No, no. Gotta, gotta kick it up a notch, the he, old pawns. He begins to have sex with her while she's bleeding to death. Yes. Oh. So many... Parts of me are cringing right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he then dismembers the body with a hacksaw. Mm-hmm. And then threw the pieces from a ferry into the East River. And I think it's important to note the details of how he actually uh, prepared the pieces. Uh, he, you know, put each section, uh, each section of her body, he would wrap it in a newspaper from August 31st. And it's September 2nd, so he's not, like, you couldn't go back a little further or something mm -hmm. and try to obscure things. No, not not that bright. Um, put her body in, uh, the parts of her body into one of the pillowcases of hers that he had gotten uh, that had a monogrammed A on it, for Anna, obviously. And then he took a piece of gray-green schist, which is a type of rock, uh, that it should be noted that is... Pretty, it, it, it's pretty prevalent in Manhattan, but not so much in New Jersey. So he used this as kind of, you know, like his weight. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, threw them, threw them off, off the ferry. Uh, and then it didn't take very long for these to be found. September 5th. Yeah. So three days. And here's the thing. He goes, he throws them from the ferry, mm -hmm. which to me, that's an astonishing thing. Like, how do you... How, but I just can't. <laughs> like, imagine that. The next time you're on a train or a boat or something, and you see somebody throw something overboard. Yeah. Right? This dude snuck a... I would a, have questions. Yeah. This dude snuck a human body and started throwing it off the side of a ferry. He wasn't the only one on there. Yeah. Yeah. They don't and, have private, you know, like one-person ferries. Exactly. It's exactly. not a thingy. And, yeah, very yeah. weird. And then he returns to St. Joseph's and very calmly delivers uh, the... Uh, you can tell I was tired whenever I wrote this. He delivers communion. I was Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. In my notes, I have returned to St. Joe's and calmly delivered communism. 
Yes, one and, does. And the the horrible thing is, I actually started to write something down, scratch it out, and then write wrote down <laughs> communism because it was four in the morning whenever I did this. <laughs> so yeah, not communism, but communion. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on September fifth, we have um, poor Mary Ban. Uh, she's from Woodcliffe, New Jersey, and she had uh, a, a, a boy with her. Uh, I think they were they were pretty young. Uh, maybe I'm guessing teenagers. It seems like um, they're wandering around in New Jersey uh, around the Hudson River, and she sees a little bundle yeah. down in in the riverbank. They're Cliffside Park, Weehawken, New Jersey. Ah, okay. I had Woodcliffe, New Jersey. For, oh no, she's from Woodcliffe. She's from Woodcliffe. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so her her buddy. He's like, no, you, you should just leave it alone. But she's like, no, I'm I'm stubborn. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. The exact opposite of the people who found the body last week. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So she hikes on down there, grabs it, unties it, unwraps it, and oh fuck! Oh, that talk about scarred for life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's that's a lot of therapy sessions in a time when they really didn't do therapy or at least don't do it well. Exactly. Oh, you have a trauma in your life. Well, we have two choices. We'll put an ice pick into your brain and switch it around or deliver massive electrical jolts to the brain. Either way, you'll be fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't forget about the doctors who treated women for hysteria with dildos or just sex you know yeah yeah so yeah so uh i should have been a doctor (laughs) (laughs) in the 1900s um early (laughs) i think i probably still should have been a doctor no matter (laughs) what well (laughs) so yeah they uh they get the cops and keep in mind this is in new jersey and then uh three miles later or three miles later three miles down river they find the lower section and so the whole, the body's been found, not the head, because he had um, also taken that mm-hmm. So... A little something to remember Annabai? Yeah, yeah. Or he threw it in and it never washed up or yeah. whatever. Um, he kept the heads of the geese, you know. We don't know, we made that up. <laughs> we did make it you're, up. You're confusing our fiction with the reality that we don't know. Well, no, what I'm saying is, after even as a child... He he kept the heads of the geese for a long time. For a while, but we don't know how long. It could have been right. just for a day. So it's a that thing. was our comedy. <laughs> that was our comedy. But past behavior is indicative of future behavior. Hacking off heads, yeah. He seemed to carry that. That became a pattern, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, started and then ended. So would it surprise you to know that somewhere in Manhattan, probably in St. Joe's someplace, oh God. There's, a, there's a rotting human skull that once belonged to Anna, probably oh. hidden someplace in there. We're sorry for anybody who goes to church there if it's still there. Although it would make one hell of an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> Come on, kids. Go find the Easter eggs. Okay. No. <laughs> Mommy, I need therapy. <laughs> Um, I've been traumatized. <laughs> so it was really the, the the investigation was pretty on point. Yeah, the, the cops were they were doing a pretty good job here connecting the dots here. They the um, they they sent the the body and the evidence to the NYPD because of the schist because they were like, well, this is Jersey. Whoever did this probably didn't originate here because we don't have very much schist. It's a weird word. They have their schist together. <laughs> yes. They have their schist all in a little pile. 
with their name that says New Jersey Schist. <laughs> but no, Manhattan, Schist everywhere. Manhattan, you need to get your Schist together. Absolutely. Come on, Manhattan. What the Schist? Um, so they do an autopsy and they find out, this is, uh, this is a little rough here, um, she had prematurely given birth shortly before the murder. <clears throat> and by my calculation, she was about five months pregnant. And we have no idea what happened with that. I'm not going to go into it because that's horrifying. I think we need to leave it at that. Yeah, we're done. No, there's, there's absolutely no comedy to be found there. That's for damn sure. Um, it's So, moving on. Um, so, it was the pillowcase. All right? So, we go from the schist and then the pillowcase. And just a little pro tip from us at, at, at Old Timey Crimey. I mean, first of all, don't commit murder pro tip number one <laughs> but if you do definitely wrap the body in a monogrammed pillowcase that can be tied directly to you and of course leave the price tag on yes, so we know where do. you bought it from <laughs> so yeah price tags yeah they uh they 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 managed to connect all these dots there was a trail you know from the pillowcase to a store and then receipts and the receipts to the apartment that he had rented um and so they get to the apartment and it's now keep in mind this is it was three days after until the body was found so it's probably you know it probably takes them a couple days to get the mm -hmm. investigation going so some more time has passed and it's still a bloody mess it's oh he, he apparently had tried there was a scrubbing brush and I, I keep I found this detail in almost every article six bars of soap by the sink yeah like but if they're full bars of soap have they been used or not? Like, are they fresh bars? And he was just like, I'll get to it. I, these, I, I'm good binge watching. These, I'm binge watching these candles. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1912, Christy. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I like anachronisms. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, the, the, the super told the cops that the apartment had been occupied by a married couple. The husband had a heavy German accent. And much to the cops' credit... The, they did a three-day stakeout mm -hmm. right there. Revealed nothing. And here's two people that really need their props. These these are two amazing individuals. Chief of Detective Joseph Farrar. Mm -hmm. uh, he ordered NYP Detective Frank Casasa. He goes, hey, you know what? Let's just go ahead and break in. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they didn't really do warrants so much. I guess not. So, yeah, floor scrubbed, a large amount of dried blood on the wall, mm -hmm. the bloodstained knife on the kitchen shelf, men's cl clothing embroidered with the name A. Van Dyke. I do have actually, that the not that it's a hugely important detail, mm -hmm. that he had, he had managed to clean the blood off the, the knife and the hacksaw and then put them in a trunk. Well, that's, but you know, it's, that's it's a, simple little thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just not, it's not that, it's a lot easier than cleaning blood off the walls, apparently, which he was not able to do. Um... Which is good for getting caught. Mm-hmm. Also good for getting caught. Letters in German and English addressed to your real goddamn name that you left in the apartment just doused in your lover's blood. And also mentioning his workplace. Mm-hmm. Letters strike again. <laughs> from women in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from Anna. Um, or addressed to Anna, actually. They were, so I guess they were letters to Anna. Um, and in the trunk where they found these letters, they also found handkerchiefs with, guess what? An embroidered mm. A. Mm-hmm. 
So A for Hans. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I go by Hans. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it was Anna's stuff. Yes, it absolutely yeah, had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had he had bought these for her, or she had you know given her the money for them, or whatever. Or she bought them herself. Maybe she had her little you know. She, I guess she made Van, some money. A Van Dyke would have been the name that she used, Anna Van Dyke. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because, let's face it, Offshimmel. Or whatever the Amuller. Amuller. Yeah. That's a that's not a, that's that's a hard name, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if maybe the German population, you know, the the German immigration population back then, had kind of the thing that the Asian population does now. In America, we are seeing an Asian boom, mm-hmm. and it's a thing where a lot of Asians have two names. Yeah. They have their Asian name. And then they have their English name. Yeah, most of my international students request, uh, uh, and most of them are Asian. They they do, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see the name and we'll go through it on the first day. And they'll say, no, you can call me, you know, Sarah or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they have an, an, an Anglicized. So it's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely some, you know. They were they were posing as the the Schmitz to some people for the apartment anyhow. So, mm-hmm. but the A was definitely for for Anna. And, you know, they find his employer, and so they, they go to St. Joe's, uh, home of the old skull. Um, <laughs> let's put that on a, let's put that on a marquee. Yeah. St. Joe's. <laughs> Free ticket to heaven if you find the hidden skull that may be here. Oh, that's the weirdest contest ever. <laughs> Yet for some reason, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Let me in there. So they confront him. Didn't take much to break him. Just a couple minutes. Broke out into hysterics. He's, he's crying, he's moaning, and he says, I loved her. Sacrifices should be made in blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. yeah senior pastor Daniel Quinn had led police to the parlor where Schmidt was. And at this point, like, Schmidt was in there sleeping. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, you know, I kind of the same way it does today, you know, everybody's kind of going, what's going on? And there are all these oh, priests yes, get in yes. there. And apparently they said the fellow priests just watched on in abject horror. Yeah, yeah. As Schmidt just spilled his guts in graphic detail. Yeah, he tells them about the, uh, the, the drinking of the blood. He says it was his... Um, now here it says it was... He said it was his patron saint, uh, Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, uh, that said to, to do the, the blood sacrifice. Um, so I don't know if, you know, it was originally, if, if, if stuff got messed up along the way or if he just couldn't keep, you know, his, his commands from, you know, heavenly maybe, and martyred beings straight. I don't know. Maybe God went to Elizabeth and said, hey, can you deliver this message for me? And Elizabeth goes, yeah, sure. And then, like, I just picture, like, Elizabeth coming down and going, I have a message from God for you. <laughs> and she opens the envelope and you, you are to sacrifice Anna. Wait, no. And she just gets ripped back. And... That's definitely exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, Inspector Farrow, he pretty much is like, I have a feeling that you're going for an insanity defense. I just, just a hunch, you know, from my years of experience of seeing such things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but he he didn't necessarily believe all of it, but he, he thought he, you know, maybe, like, you know, definitely Schmidt killed the girl, but he was exaggerating or something. But that definitely was enough. I, I used to have a friend who was a lawyer. Hello, Michael, if you're listening. Hi, Michael. Uh, Michael was the most unintentionally uh, funny man that I'd ever met. His, his mother was French. His father was Cuban. Right, mm-hmm. so he has that little mixed ancestry, and but 
tangents aside, um, Michael once said, here's the way you win an insanity play. If, if Father Hans would have come in there and said, uh, God came down and told me to kill her. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. Because you still knew you were killing somebody. Yeah, yeah. If you go in there and went, I swear to God, I thought I was cutting a cake. <laughs> then, now you have a chance of making it work. Because you were not in control of your actions. You know, just because some supernatural being tells you to do something doesn't mean you have to follow through. Exactly. But yeah. if you if you end up murdering somebody and you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I'm just making eggs for breakfast. It, no, then that's where the insanity plea comes in. Although I have seen cases where even that much, even when they say I didn't know what I was doing, I blacked out or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it, it still isn't enough. Uh, yeah. Those are, those are tough. You know, they got tougher and tougher as the years went on to a, a tough plea to actually make it work. It's really best. Number one, it's best that you just don't kill anyone. Yes, don't do that. Yeah. Number two, just keep your mouth shut and hope for the best. <laughs> if number one fails, which by God, it fucking shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> then, then go to number two, spill your guts just the way Hans did. Yeah. Because, yeah, but yeah, I'm keeping my mouth shut. That's just me. Well, if remember, we're, to that. we're going to tell people we're each going to one place, then we're going to go to other places. Exactly. That's our plan. exactly. We're not going to name those places this time. Exactly. Um, Madagascar. <laughs> Zimbabwe. <laughs> I want to make a whole five Zimbabwean dollars. <laughs> oh. Once again, that's funny to two people listening. <laughs> I'm going to go to Greenland because that was always one of the tough ones to get in, in the, the Plague video game. Uh, you, you could... Greenland and and actually I think it was uh, Madagascar was the other one they like Madagascar like as soon as the one person coughs Madagascar closes its fucking ports <laughs> and then Greenland is just there's so few people that it's like one red dot shows up there and you're like that's all I get for the rest of the game I guess I'm losing I'm going to Togo and I'm going to try desperately to start a podcast. I'll be the crazy guy on the street. He's trying to create an Nvidia graphics processor with a lump of coal and five lemons. <laughs> <laughs> isn't working. It works better than my Alienware computer, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the trial begins. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. December 7th, uh, 1913, or should I say, the first trial. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, his lawyers say it was bloodlust. You know, it was, it was, it was, it overcame him. He, he was, he didn't know right from wrong in that moment when the bloodlust hit him. They're really, really going for that, that plea. I have a fun little note from a, a, one of the witnesses that, that presented, uh, Dr. Arnold Leo. He had actually treated both Hans and Anna um, a, a, a few months before all this happened. Um, uh, he said that when he first met Schmidt, Schmidt said, I'm a music teacher. And then later on was like, oh, no, I'm actually a priest. I guess I don't know. I'm a music teacher and a priest. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a little. Uh-oh. Oh shit! Uh, do you have any skulls hidden anywhere? <laughs> Let me think. Just two. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's good. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's under the limit. Yeah. Goose heads? Got any Skull. goose heads in your pockets? It says, it says right there whenever you enter Johnstown. Skull limit two. <laughs> yes, we make it known. Yeah. Right up front. Um. So. Yeah, he said, you know, Dr. Leo says Schmidt said he was in love with Anna. He was going to give up the priesthood. He was going to marry her. But he said um, one time he he, he visited uh, Schmidt at the rectory where Schmidt 
became just for, for no reason whatsoever, wildly excited, started jumping across the room, grabbed a zither, played it for a few minutes, stopped, sat down, started talking like nothing ever happened. Little, little weird. Hmm. A little, little off there. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of like, you know, they were definitely trying to, it seems, it seems kind of flimsy as far as, uh, insanity please go, but they were, they were trying to, to use some, some instances of his, uh, behavior to try and prove it. So, but I was just like, I'm just picturing him in his, you know, his, his collar and everything mm. and just like jumping across the room and grabbing the zither and just like, I'm, 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 there is definitely some Lord of the Dance style leg movement going on here. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But here's the thing that gets me. I'm hoping, I really hope, I believe me, if I could go back in time further, yes, I know time machine. If I could go back in time further and stop this, I would, but I'm really kind of hoping that he didn't know how to play the zither. <laughs> So too. That just makes it even more awkward. Absolutely. That's that's so awkward. Um. So, little historical side note here. This was during the time of yellow journalism. So this trial became a big sensation with the media. Media circus. We've seen it before. Um. But it's definitely. Uh. It makes for some questions as to what details are true or not because it was yellow journalism, which um was basically a time when the newspapers were all competing. It was a very, very competitive business. So they're all trying to get, you know, those, they're trying to get those views, those mm -hmm. clicks in, in, in our parlance. And so they will, you know, just basically like slap a story together, not bother to research it much, and then, you know, make some gruesome headlines or just anything, you know, like clickbait, basically. It was wow. the original clickbait. Thank God things have changed. Oh, yes, yes. We're so lucky. Um... So they would exaggerate, they would, they would find the latest scandal and try to blow it up, sensationalize things. And I feel it's important to note the, the origin of yellow journalism, how the term came about, because I, I, I kind of enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. um, there was a comic in the New York world called Hogan's Alley. And there was a character in it who dressed in yellow, and he was called the Yellow Kid. And this was, uh, the world was Pulitzer's paper. And then you have the journal, the New York Journal, operated by William Randolph Hearst. Thanks for making pot illegal, Hearst, you bastard. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah Hemp-hating motherfucker. Um, so, uh, could have used a little bit. <laughs> he could have. Yes. I could, too, I suppose. <laughs> so Hearst is like, I got to get onto this. So he starts copying the style. He grabs, poaches the artist of Hogan's Alley away from the world. So then Pulitzer's like... I can top that. So he grabs another cartoonist and he's like, hey, that yellow kid, you do that. You're, that's what you're doing now. <laughs> Copy that shit. Plagiarism isn't a thing. <laughs> His name's Spider-Man. He's Jewish. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you just tapped into a long-running joke with Jackson and I where he cannot say superheroes' names right, so he says Spider-Man or Superman or something like that, like it's pronounced in a Jew. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. The, the way that Jewish last names are pronounced, it, yeah, it kills me. So... There's this constant competition, and that's how it became yellow journalism. So just a little historical uh, lesson about, because I was curious when I was like, I know about yellow journalism. I can't remember the exact origin, because I learned it in high school, and that mm -hmm. was ages ago. So I was like, oh, oh, there's a little story for you. Yeah, I don't trust anything that I learned in school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why should we? The, the amount of things that I have thought have been true 
turned out to be complete bullshit later on. Mm -hmm. For example, I thought that Mercury, its days were 88 days long, Mm -hmm. and uh, and its year was 88 days long, meaning that the same side always faced the sun. Right? That's what I was taught in school. Hmm. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's absolute bullshit. But whenever I was a kid, like I grew up in a poor little town called Salisbury, Pennsylvania. The textbooks I were using I was using in nineteen eighty two. I mean I had to do the math there quick in my mm-hmm. head. Man still hadn't landed on the moon in my textbooks. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't And by that point we'd stop going. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Probably good that I don't remember anything from high school since it was a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the the trial goes on. Um, Faroe's like, uh, why, you know, like, why does it look like this dissection is done done so professionally? She was like, well, you know, I was also a medical student. <laughs> Dear God. Of course you were. Of course you were. Shades of Holmes here, which mm-hmm. we'll see a few more shades later. Um, and it's a hung jury. Ten to two. Ten guilty, two not guilty. Oh, God. Really? Right? Like, what do you have to do What do you need? Point? Or yeah. maybe maybe two were basically not guilty by reason of, of insanity or something like that. But, but still, like, I, I just... At that point, you just gotta go, come on. Yeah. You know, it's... We gotta go with majority rules on this yeah. one. Dude... <laughs> Dude drank her blood. <laughs> but it was probably the admitting to it that made them be like, uh, at least those two people be like, yeah, I kind of think uh, there's a sanitarium for them yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, second trial starts on uh, January 19th, 1914. So we've gone into the new year. And so they're trying again. They're trying for this insanity defense. And Schmidt just fucks it all up right from the beginning. Opening statements are going on. The lawyer says, Schmidt was insane to the jury. Schmidt jumps up and screams, that's not true! (laughs) Great. Great work there. Great work. (laughs) Do you think, I don't know, that might have sold it to me. (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there's a, there's a judge, uh, who, who I believe was the same judge as the first trial, and he definitely wants things to go a different way. Mm-hmm. So he gives a statement to the jury, probably the statement that they gave their, their final instructions, um, and I have that statement here. If you are satisfied that the defendant purchased a knife and saw with which he cut up the body, thinking of using them as he did... And if you are satisfied that in the middle of the night he went to the flat, took off his coat, and cut her throat, and then cut up her body, what conclusion do you come to? Use your common sense, your experience with men. Bear in mind, it isn't every form of mental unsoundness that excuses a crime. Well said. And that did it. Yeah, well said. And once again, the knife... The saw, that's all premeditated. Yes, yeah. yes. That's definitely premeditated. That knows what he's doing, has a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, at least up until the point where, you know, the, the, the cleaning becomes necessary. And then he's like, I'm just going to fuck off to and do some communion. Repeat after me. I was using the saw to make the cake. <laughs> Stop giving them killer pro tips. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work, Christine. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, so, yeah. Now, in the investigation, they managed to pull up a whole, a couple other crimes. He, he was, he was killing him. Killing and preaching weren't his main games. He had some other, like I said, side hustles. Mm-hmm. The, the guy liked them. So we talked about the um, the counterfeiting. He was also suspected of another murder, one in Louisville. Yes, poor little Alma Kellner, yeah. nine years old, found buried in the basement of St. John's. The body was burned and attempted dismemberment. Yes. And unfortunately, a janitor named Joseph Wendling uh, was convicted of Alma's murder and sentenced to life. Yeah. Um, which, you know, janitor, once again, not, you know, I would trust a janitor just as slightly more than I trust priests because it is one of the occupations killers get into. Hi, janitors. <laughs> I mean, they're not all killers. No, they're not. But it is it is one, yeah, it does tend to be, you know, one where they, they, they go. Um, and it was it was circumstantial evidence and and some bloody clothing found at his house, yeah. which we've all cut ourselves before, you know, like we've all gotten blood on something before, and so yeah, it's it was it's it's really iffy, and it really feels like this this could definitely have been Schmidt. Yeah, especially me, I'm pretty clumsy. on On a near nightly basis, I'm washing three or four loads of laundry, just blood out of it. I'm very sleepy. Setting up that alibi in advance? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> Just you... listen to my podcast. I, I talked about it there. <laughs> no, I was podcasting whenever the murder took place. <laughs> right, Christy? Yeah, yeah. That's what he was doing. He was here. He was here. We were, we were podcasting and, and knitting. Um, God told me. <laughs> knitting knitting uh, hats for orphans. Um... <laughs> the, the, the horrible... <laughs> the horrible hat... Uh, Lack of hats amongst orphans. Finally, finally, somebody's addressing this problem. It is a national problem, Mm -hmm. Scott. And I'm going to start the Hats for Orphans Foundation. Got to keep those heads warm. Absolutely. It's it's important for development. And remember, God wants you to wear a hat. (laughs) He does not, however, want you to sacrifice anyone at all. There's a great song, if you ever get the chance... God wants you to wear a hat. Oh, okay. And it's it's a death metal song. You have to be too. <laughs> of course it is. It's great. <laughs> Excellent. So, so there's that. Um, he also, you know, during all of this confessing, confessing and everything, Schmidt's like, oh, by the way, you know, I have my med med school background. I've been acting like, you know, I've been posing as a doctor under a bunch of different fake names. Um, so they go and they, they look at his apartment now. Um, they found business cards with his pseudonyms on them. Uh, dozens of bottles of illegal medications, which he said, um, well, okay. The New York Times said it was as he was using these bottles as an interest in drug preparations for illegal use. Basically dealer. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've got murder, um, Desecration of a corpse? Uh, I would say that. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I think necrophilia is probably against the law. Yeah, yeah, you got that. You've got the counterfeiting, and you've got drug dealing, and uh, it was, there were some documents that they found um, in his trunk at his apartment that uh, said the documents for an ordination, so when he was ordained, that took place in a secret nighttime ceremony, as they usually do, you know. Of course, of course. Um, and That's how all good things happen. Secret nighttime ceremonies. Exactly, yes. Involving orifices. <laughs> and in uh, 
1909, he had been suspended from being a priest because of forging credentials. Mm -hmm. Love to forge shit, that Schmidt. (laughs) Uh I liked how that sounded. Um, (laughs) And uh, so, and then one more, because that's not enough. We need more crimes. It's just piles upon piles of bad crimes. Both, you know, badly executed and just bad to begin with. Um, he and I'm okay. I'm pretty sure it was Murat. Okay. Because it, it, one article said a New York City dentist, and that's what Murat was. Um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Supposedly there was a very Holmesian plan going on between the two of them to murder, um, quote unquote, the cripples and paralytics among Schmidt's uh, congregants. My God. And then make off, of course, with the life insurance claims. Quote, unquote, a quote from Schmidt. I would be fulfilling God's will. No, no, you wouldn't. Fuck you. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I'm sure Jesus, that's exactly the thing Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is all about murdering the cripples. Yes. (laughs) It's right in the Bible. Jesus (laughs) murdered the cripple and collected the life insurance. Yes. Very, very holy. Um, so yeah, there was all these other crimes that he committed or was planning to commit. And I'm sorry, I'm still just... laughing about Jesus murdering people. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just picturing like, like Jesus at the Sermon of the Mount going like, and lo, I stand before thee and say, take out a large life insurance policy <laughs> on legless Steve <laughs> and then murder him for the money. And like, like Paul comes up to him and goes, Jesus, are you sure? Did I fucking stutter, Paul? <laughs> Yep, so, sounds very, very much like Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, um, not very long after the trial, uh, the second trial, February, or no, sorry, it was a couple years after. I was looking at the, the, the date, not the Ni- year. 1916. 1916, in February of 1916, in uh, the electric chair at Sing Sing. Mm-hmm. Old Sparky. Old Sparky was the nickname. Um... Sure, okay. I insist <laughs> that all all methods of execution have a nickname. It's got to be something cutesy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it Old has Sparky. to be cutesy. Uh, this is my friend, Noosey the Rope. <laughs> and Pinchy, the lethal injection needle. <laughs> Old Pinchy. Oh, I'm it's probably best that we don't nickname things anymore. Yeah, we should stop, but I also want to come up with something for drawn and quartered. <laughs> I was thinking Stinky the Gas Chamber. <laughs> Splitty McSplitterson for uh, there it is. Order. There oh, it is. Oh, we're horrible I people. Guess, I guess, you know, <laughs> if you're doing it by horses, I guess they already have the names. But the ropes, you would have to nickname the ropes. Go get, go get Splitty McSplitterson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, they executed him. And uh, he his last words were, I ask forgiveness of all those I have injured or scandalized. Mm. I mean, you've got injuring people, which, um, way to downplay, dude. Come on. I bet his At last words up. were actually, yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old Sparky. Um, and scandalized. So I'm sorry for those people who read a newspaper article in a yellow, you know, journalism type paper. Sorry, sorry about that. Well, he should be. Yeah. <gasps> I was scandalized. I clutched my pearls. Well, you said you're sorry, so okay. <laughs> yeah. You're That's free right. to go. <laughs> Um, and he was the only priest to be executed in the United States. We need to bring that back. There's that distinction. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to 
to argue with you on that one right now. It's, I, it, it's being, being in Pennsylvania and having all this shit going on. Mm-hmm. It's like being surrounded by, by horror stories everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And just, here's a little personal story on mine. And it's not going where everybody thinks it's going. Thank right? God. <laughs> I teach drum lessons. Mm-hmm. Anytime that a priest or a pastor brings their kid in, I know that I'm not going to get paid for some of those lessons. Seriously. Seriously. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. I had I had one guy that was a pastor that he kept trying to pay me with a hundred dollar bill and going, Do you have change for this? Do you have change for this? And uh, and then one day I actually stopped at my bank and withdrew a hundred dollars in fives and ones. Nice. Right? And it was like three lessons in, right? And he goes, do you got change for this? And he had that fucking smile on his face. That goddamn ear to ear fucking gringo. I know you don't have change for this. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, That's three lessons you owe me for. So, and I gave him the change. I actually had it ready for him. He never brought his kid back. Because he knew he couldn't swindle you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Sucky. I mean, that, and that's so unchristian. Absolutely, it's Absolutely. theft. It's a fucking commandment. Well, I kind of thou shalt not dick over drum teachers. Exactly. <laughs> it's the fourteenth. Yes. I, I, there was a tablet and everything. I think it's a one-two punch, honestly, with priests. I think that a lot of priests, the first, the first of that one-two is that so much stuff is given to the church for free mm. that they start to expect it. Yeah. And then the second one is, well, you start to buy your own line of jazz of, well, all I have to do is say I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I have to do is confess and, and ask for forgiveness and some Hail Marys and we're done. Yeah, we're yeah. done. And that might be good enough for God. <laughs> Ain't going to put food on my table. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I eat a lot of food. <laughs> So, yeah, the only one to be executed, he bears that distinction. Um, go you, Hans, I guess? Uh, no, not really, actually. Good work, Hans. <laughs> you were shitty. Mm-hmm. Schmitty. Schmitty, <laughs> shitty, shitty. The Severn Reverend. But um, I did glance because uh, at the bottom of the Wikipedia article, there was a link to executed priests. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I got to make sure that the article is accurate, at least according to like Wikipedia. And so I did glance at all of them. There were 37 others, and the vast majority of them were martyred um, in some form or fashion. Some, many of them were killed for political reasons. Um, so uh, only one that I saw was uh, attempted murder, um, and that seemed to also be very political, just mm-hmm. glancing over the article. So definitely the only, like killer priest executed. Um, in 2017, there was a retired Catholic priest he did get a life sentence uh, in Texas for murdering a former beauty queen who came to him for confession. So, uh, oh, I should say, um, former beauty queen and second grade teacher. Jesus Christ. Right? So, uh, Irene Garza was her name. She was 25. Um, and that was a cold case. Uh, he was 27, uh, John Fight, uh, at the time. And at the time of sentencing, he was 85. So, hell of a solve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nice work. And Texas, you're not going to execute him? You're really losing (laughs) your game, man. You've got got an image to uphold Texas. (laughs) Right? I expect (laughs) 
I don't want to say more, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really expected the death penalty out of that one, but okay. Okay. You know, whatever. So I guess they kind of figure he's definitely gonna die in prison. You know, he's eighty five. He's not going to survive very long. I don't think that matters to Texas. It probably doesn't, but there's also the expense involved and everything. I don't know, but who knows? But um, that is the horrifying tale of Hans Schmidt, the Severin, not so much a reverend. Severin bullshitter. (laughs) Oh my God. This was, this was an interesting one. Not a lot, not a lot to research on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel Um, like our research mostly fell along the exact same paths. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm kind of wondering, like as a, like a theory kind of evolved as we were doing this, I'm kind of wondering if that isn't because of the yellow journalism. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say it's very likely. Right. That all these stories in the newspaper are bullshit. We throw them right the fuck out. And we stick to what we know is true. Mm-hmm. And I, good job on the historians and, and the police yeah. for, for keeping it together. Amazing job by the police on this one. Very impressive police yeah, work. Yeah, great, great yeah. detective work. Very, very smart. Uh, yeah. So at least, you know, we, we, had the, we had the police doing their jobs and doing them well. Um, so that's a, a little, little silver lining. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are the guys that I'd want investigating my murder if I'm ever murdered in 1910. Yes. God help us on that day. (laughs) Scott Mort, from a future so distant, it might as well be the past. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Neither do I. But I like it. Sounds like something that would be in some sci-fi fantasy movie. Business card, dude. Yeah. Business card material. There it is. Scott Mort. And then in quotations, from a future so distant, it might as well be the past. <laughs> what are your plans for this week, bud? Um, We are going to the Preakness horse races down nice. in, uh, around Baltimore. Yeah. So I got my dress. I got my, I don't have a hat this year. I have a fascinator. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I was just telling my friend about it last night, and she was like, oh, I want to look up Fascinators, and she finds this site. I paid, like, 50 bucks for this one off Etsy. It's great. Um, now, for those that don't know, me, what the fuck is a Fascinator? Oh, I'll go grab it. It's in here. Okay. Oh. Her just showing me is going to be great radio. This is a Fascinator, Scott. And I went, well, that is fascinating, and end the show. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. It's, like, on a... Oh, okay, closer to the mic. It's like on a, a headband or a clip, and then there's like a big, you know, there's there's tool or feathers or, you know, like a gathered fabric. Mm-hmm. They put lots of different things on top of them. Mine Essentially, like, it looks like a black orchid growing vibrantly from the side of Christie's skull. Exactly. Yes, that is mm-hmm. exactly what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, last night my friend finds this, this site with all these fascinators that are like 15, 20 bucks, and they're gorgeous. I'm like, well, crap. Now I got to... I'm going to order one of those for next year and then just pick my dress around it. So That is perfect horse racing attire, by the way. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I'm excited for that. That'll be that'll be a really good time. And then just, um, you know, um, I need to clean. <laughs> I need I, to vacuum so badly. That's what I've been doing. I've yeah. been cleaning like a motherfucker. I need to clean before place. it gets too hot. Uh, my, I've got five cats and with five cats comes nine litter boxes. Yeah. So the cleaning is a constant in my house. Um, plus I'm trying to get the stench of my ex roommate out of my house. Yeah. And there was a, there was an honest to God stench, but yeah, we've been cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. Uh, just to give you an idea of how bad things were, uh, my ex roommate left behind a computer. 
right? Mm -hmm. So I plug this computer in, doesn't turn on, mm -hmm. and I work on it, and I work on it, and finally I get it to work, right? And I hook it up to the large screen TV, nothing works. It's not getting any signal out to it. So I'm tired, I just leave it there. My other roommate, who is fantastic, don't have a problem mm -hmm. with him, he goes, can we move that computer out of the TV room? I said, yeah, sure, I was just going to put it in the basement anyway, I can't get it to work. He goes, yeah, it smells really bad. Like, even your computer smells bad. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So, I am brushing that man right out of my hair. <laughs> he even made a gesture, guys. I it was did. Awesome. I did. I have beautiful hair. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but thank you so much. Join us again next week for another episode of Old Timey Crimey. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had as much fun as we did. This was, you know... um, grizzly but fun yeah that's what you want yeah you know <laughs> that should be the tagline for for our website grizzly, grizzly but, but fun, fun. t-shirts um, <laughs> check us out on facebook check us out on reddit yep we yep we're on subreddit. Our, our, our subreddit old timey crimey subreddit and twitter as well and that way you'll be notified when the new episodes come up and we'll also we add uh content you know i'm gonna put some some pictures up of uh of good old uh no bad old han schmitz and and so on and so forth so we'll put a picture up of, of poor Anna, you know, a little, um, you know, recognition of, of her suffering. And that's depressing. Um, <laughs> I just got a very succinct nod <sighs> from Scott. <laughs> it's like, stop it, Christy. Oh. Um, so, so yeah, follow us. Leave those five-star reviews um, on, on iTunes. They really help. They really do. It, you know, we, we would love you for it. Um, and... Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, maybe start in a, in a little while doing some shout outs, too, at the mm -hmm. end of episodes. And, um, yeah, so... Um, you leave a five-star review for us and me, Reverend Scott, an actual reverend, <laughs> honest to God, no really, I'll say a little prayer for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yay. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. Just a little bit there. Okay, sure. Whatever. He would visit the slaughterhouse. Oh, yeah, no, as I mentioned that. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. <laughs> the attention deficit disorder is editing this out until I'm better capable and I'm medicated. I forgot my Vivans today. Ah, uh, okay. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't get my daily dose of synthetic methamphetamine for, for me to for me to function properly. Oops. <laughs> I'm going to start sending you reminders on Thursdays. <laughs> Don't forget your meth. I'm sure that those text messages will never end up as exhibit A in a court of law. Those will never cause any problems. No, never, absolutely. Never.